0: it's time to take command with former nfl tight end logan paulson and former commander's beat reporter
1: craig hoffman welcome into the take command podcast instant reaction show and unfortunately logan we are sitting at fedex field (laughs) with another big number next to the visitor and a not so big number against the home or sitting next to the home team's name and unfortunately this is kind of what we expected i think that One of the things that uh, we knew coming in is Miami was a very, very good team with very specific strengths. And those strengths match up very well with the commander's weaknesses. And I feel like that is the main point to take away today. 100%. Absolutely.
3: Cody Barton did an excellent job on some RPO stuff that I wasn't quite expecting. So I thought that was nice. I thought Percy Butler did some good stuff. I thought KJ Henry flashed. I thought Casey Duhill played the run well. Some of that toss-crack stuff. But they gave up two explosive plays and it looked like one of them was a coverage bust. And like those yes. things kind of keep popping their heads up. And I, that's 14 points right there. Then you have an interception return for a touchdown and against a good football team like Miami. Obviously that's not going to cut it. And right. when those
1: happen in the game, like they, their game flow is a oh. disaster. You're down 31, yeah. seven and a half. And you're just like, you know, wait, what do you do at that yeah. point?
3: No, I'm totally with that. And I, so I, so I think there are some, some positive things I think B Rob's running well I thought the O line blocked it did some good stuff blocking I thought Curtis I, the, the the almost Curtis Samuel touchdown I thought was a beautiful mm-hmm. design I thought it exploited something that Miami did really well and really put your playmaker in ex- ex- excellent position to be successful it's just the good isn't always good enough you know there isn't there isn't enough good I guess to kind of offset and that gets like, reflected in the score so I think there are a lot of individual things that were very positive positive, there were some individual plays that were very positive, but ultimately the, the negative plays are very, very negative. And you just can't afford to have those kind of mistakes against a team that's as talented as Miami with the explosive team speed that they have. So, um, and I, I really thought, you know, also kind of high level, Ron, I thought, understood kind of the assignment in terms of how to beat Miami. I thought you saw a lot more pressure today. I thought guys in the back end were a little bit more on their P's and Q's, but the pressure didn't get home. And it leads to explosive plays. So, right. and that was kind of the razor's edge we were going to be walking here in this game, and the team was going to be walking, and the result is not good. So, yeah,
1: the result is really bad. Um, and the thing is, you know, big plays versus some teams are contested catches. I mean, the the catch that Tyreek Hill makes, the second touchdown, yeah. crazy. is crazy. Crazy. He's Just, the best. He's the best receiver in football. He's yeah. the best receiver in football. And I think you get to see why on that play.
3: His explosiveness off the line of scrimmage, his ability to adjust to the football. There's probably three dudes in the NFL that can make that type of body adjustment at the speed he's running. So very, I mean there's there's player. no
1: one else that can do it at the speed he's running because yes, no one 100%. else runs as, as fast as he point. does. And the thing is, like it's a it's a bad ball from Tua, quote yeah. unquote, bad ball. He throws it over the wrong shoulder. Tyreek not only has the ability to relocate the ball, twist, find out where it is. But he's so separated that mm-hmm. he runs underneath it and still has room to score. Like he's like a punt, kind of. You, you see balls crazy. like that that are bad balls like that that guys catch and then they will get tackled instantaneously. He has so much separation that he's able to score on it. It's just a freakish level play. But you do see some other coverage uh, breakdowns, obviously, um, at, at times. I want to go to the offense, though, uh, for just a moment because – I think this is the biggest concern right now with this team is the offense had some really nice performances earlier in the season. And from a production standpoint, it does really feel like they have, they have, taken a step back they're slowing down um you know ron talked about missed opportunities post game sam said it's some of everything i was talking to to logan thomas about this and he said the same thing like it's hard because it's some of everything Mm -hmm. there's not one thing to pinpoint but when you see it a little bit more detailed what do you see that they're not able to break 20 points yet again
3: yeah so this is going to be it's kind of tough to talk about this because we don't have the all 22 yet so as soon as we have it well i'll be able to give you like a more detailed understanding but at least my immediate reaction to this is that when you look at some of those coverage opportunities, teams are matching the concepts that, that the commanders are running at a really high level. There's not a lot of air in the coverage. There's not a lot of opportunity for separation. Guys kind of, I don't want to say they know it, but they, they're they matching it very, very well. And obviously the the Curtis Samuel play is exceptional. But then if you look at every other explosive kind of big play in this game, it's Sam escaping the pocket and elevating right. the offense. And I think that's the thing that is really, really challenging to negotiate as an analyst, because you say, you look at what Miami does, and everything they do is designed to put you in conflict and make the defense kind of second-guess themselves. And here, this feels very, very traditional in terms of approach. And obviously, they've had success with that at points in the year, but I do feel like some of these better defense, some of these more talented defenses, some of these be- teams that are better at the man-match stuff are man-matching better. And right. I think the, it's making it more difficult for Sam to elevate and, and do some special things and, and t- to be fair like there's a choice route that they run uh, early in the game to Jahan. i think it was in the second quarter Jahan just takes too long on the choice sam has to escape the pocket he finds curtis down the field for an explosive play that's Jahan taking too long right right so well, said was, that there's yeah. a
1: couple times where he thinks he could have separated faster turned faster Correct. for the ball etc right
3: and i think there's some of that going on so there's the details but also i just say and again maybe this is the oc and me coming out or dealing yeah. with kyle or talking with mike mcdaniel there's a hunger and a passion to elevate every single position on the field. And there's times where I'm like, is, is that putting him in the best position to make a play or be successful? And the answer is, is, is unknown to me at this point. I'll know better when I watch the l 22.
1: Yeah, that's fair <clears throat> enough. Uh, one of the big talking points after the game and the pressers, et cetera, I'm going to guess that uh, our friend Sam Fortier has a story on this coming because he was asking many of these questions, Terry McLaurin, just three targets mm-hmm. on the day, no catches. I think it's the second time he's had no catches in his career. I mean, what do you, what do you make of, of that? And, you know, is that, you know, when you, when you talk about the, the approach, I think Mm -hmm. it's interesting. The biggest to me, discrepancy between like a new school and an old school approach is a lot of these new school coaches are like, who are my playmakers? How do I get them the ball? Right. Old school is like, here's the scheme. It's going to work and get guys open. And it does feel like teams defensively have been able to match up with Terry. Well, he's obviously playing one of the best today, Jalen Ramsey. Um, and then there's not kind of a dedicated effort to get him the football. That's kind of a very, very broad view of it. But why, why are we again talking about Terry and and his lack of production here?
3: And this is, I think kind of maybe goes in line with the first point I made about the, the way teams are matching concepts. Cause Terry, you know, we talked about Terry while he's a very skilled route runner, very dynamic athlete, very competitive at the catch point, not a great separator in, in, in this, in the sense of like a Justin Jefferson or Tyree kill or whatever it is. And so I think the fact that teams are getting more familiar with the concepts that they're running and matching concepts better make it more challenging for Terry to do something that he's not excellent at, which is separate. So I think that's part of it. Also game flow and reading through the progression is a big part of this, right? And so we've talked about how, um, you know, like there needs to be when you're reading through the progression, maybe Terry's the number one read, maybe you you position it. So the Terry's in that position as opposed to him being the third guy or whatever it is. So I think it's a combination of things. And again, this is something we'll know better once we watch the all 22, but it is a little bit confounding. And I think it's interesting that most of Terry's targets in the last couple of weeks have come on quick game. And for whatever reason today, that was not a priority for this offense in the same way that it has
1: been the last couple of weeks. So, um, Interesting. Yeah. I, and I don't They have ran a, the ball way more today than they have, yeah. and to the point that uh, some people were getting a little snippy on Twitter because apparently on the broadcast Rivera told Christina Pink at halftime uh, that like, "Hey, we're down thirty-one-seven. We got to run the ball more." Um, so I'm not sure the exact context of that. Obviously, being here at the stadium, like yeah. if you're watching on YouTube, you can see we are. Um, you don't get to you get to hear exactly the context of that sure. quote, but. Um, I, it makes me think that there was a clear directive to run the football more and maybe EB kind of subbed the run game with some of that or sub the quick game with some of that rushing
3: maybe and I think what Ron's probably talking about there is is there's this knee jerk reaction in those situations to th- start throwing the ball a ton and versus a Vic Fangio defense when they do place put place such a huge emphasis on coverage structures, you got you can't totally depart from the run. Right. It's got to be still a feature of what you're doing. So I think that's something that maybe he was alluding to. And again, we didn't hear the quote, but I I know that sounds probably bad, but I think versus this defense and versus this style of defense, yeah. you need to keep that as a feature or, or some type of run,
1: uh, a pass kind of run um, changeover. Substitute. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so Sam Howell, I think, is in a very very interesting spot now over these final four games. It does feel more like ever before that he's kind of playing for his job for next year. Obviously, there's a million factors in this, which is going to start with who is available, depending on where they draft, and how does that quarterback, potentially your quarterbacks, how do they compare to Sam? All Sam can control right now is how he plays. Yeah. The off-schedule stuff's insane. It's awesome. And, he's and been great. I, I think that before we talk about maybe why he's having to be off-schedule so much, it's important to point out that is a very rare trait. And the ability to make plays in this league matters a lot. It is one of the reasons I would be extremely hesitant to go in a different direction right. unless I love one of these quarterbacks because I feel like I can keep putting him in better situations mm-hmm. on schedule. I think the thing that we need to get a feel for over this final four-game stretch of the season from Sam is how much of this stuff that's happening on schedule, how much of the sacks, how much of the pressures are happening because he's missing stuff in yes, the rhythm of the offense. That's absolutely right. Versus breakdowns from the offensive line, receivers not doing their job on time. How much of this is quarterback adjacent? How much of this is uh how much of this is non-quarterback adjacent? Yeah. I think that's a great point. You know, like we're we got the
3: Philly uh, 49ers game on here in the background, and you see Brock Purdy anticipating throws. And that's something that when you watch Sam Howell, He doesn't have a great feel for those anticipatory throws. And in this offense, in this West Coast offense, that's a huge feature of it. When you watch Tua, you know, not the strongest arm, but he anticipates throws at an extremely high level. Like when he's throwing that drift, when he's throwing that dig, when he's throwing the the corner of the pylon, whatever it is, that ball is out before the receivers made the break. And that's understanding the concept. That's trusting the concept. And I'm not sure Sam's there yet. So when we go back and watch the All-22, I think we'll be able to kind of give a better feel for, hey, there's not a lot of air here, but if he throws this with a little anticipation or he gets to the backside dig a little bit quicker, there's an opportunity there. But I also think it's important to just, it's the more I'm thinking about it, the more we're talking through it, it becomes apparent to me just re- reflecting on the game that sometimes it's the play call. Sometimes it's the receiver mm-hmm. and sometimes it's Sam. And that's uh, another sign of kind of a young offense. Cause I can think of a couple just off the top of my head where Logan's running the backside dig and that's been open a ton for like Jalen hurts, for example. And it's completely blanketed here. Right. And, Is that Logan? Is that running that concept too frequently? But I'm sure everyone would kind of everyone should take a little bit of responsibility and ownership and say, I could do it better. So, yeah, um, I think and to
1: Sam's credit, by the way, he did.
3: He always does. and that's 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 uh, that's a fantastic element of leadership that he always seems to bring to those postgame pressers. And um, I think it's one of the things that makes him special. But uh, so to your point is, is he's improved in terms of taking sacks. He's improved in that area. Can he improve in this area? It seems like yes. And he just seems like the type of kid you want to bet on, especially given some of the off-schedule stuff he's been able to get to. But you, to be a good quarterback, you got to work within the schedule of the offense. And
1: right. again, we'll know when we watch the all 22, but that's something we definitely got to keep an eye on. I think you made a great point a couple times this week, podcast, pregame mm-hmm. show probably other places too. Like this is on track for like a Jalen Hurts model. Yeah. Obviously, Jalen's taken it to an MVP level and who knows what Sam will eventually cap out as from a ceiling standpoint. But if you have a guy who does something special. You continue to work with him. Yeah. You might be able to develop him into a better on schedule, in rhythm quarterback. That's the model. There's also been a ton of guys who make crazy plays and can't ever get it right from in the pocket or or never figure it out. They wind up being backups or wind up out of the league. So it can go any number of directions. Your best case scenario is is a Jalen Hurts.
3: Also, to your point, though, and I think to to this general point, is the thing about Jalen Hurts is his intangibles, his leadership off the field, his work ethic. Yeah. And he was able to develop. There were times his rookie year or his first year starting where I thought, there's no way he can progress. This is going to be a fatal flaw for a long time. And every single week, he got a little bit better at it. And you see those improvements from Sam, which is yeah. very, very encouraging. So, again, it's still four games left. Still a lot of the evaluation still that needs to be fleshed out. But I think some of those some of those reasons to be optimistic are Sam's willingness to improve, the leadership stuff you're talking about, the way guys the way he resonates with the guys. It's all stuff that you saw with Jalen Hurts. Now that's not the end all be all. You ultimately need to be a good football player, but I think there's enough shades there to say, Hey, there's a piece here we can
1: build around. I think you said it well. Like I wouldn't bet against him. I still like, I know, I know it hasn't been pretty, But I would not bet against Sam Howell because I think that dude's made up of the right stuff and I think he's got great physical talent and we'll see ultimately uh, where it winds up.
2: Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups still delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours.
0: we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. All
1: right, let's circle back to end where we started, uh, the defense. True. Sure. They're playing the Miami offense, and I think that is the most important factor in this game. Um, But what did you see? I mean, no one's going to say there could possibly be any improvement when you're down 31-7 at halftime. Obviously, there's a pick six in there as well. By the way, not great for Sam. Three straight games with a pick six. six. Um, Less than ideal. That's just a great play by the defender there. Um, But at the end of the day, uh, defensively, they still give up a ton of points. They only forced one punt in the first half. Um, You know, Miami, even at the end of the game, I said to, to Mitch Tischler, with his, I remember because I said it out loud, 7.44 to go. And I go, Mitch, it's about to be a long 7.44. <laughs> Start playing on my phone a little bit, peruse Twitter, keep an eye on the game, obviously. Yeah. But it's out of reach at that point. I don't think I missed much. Next thing you know, it's a two-minute warning. Yeah. Miami's just able to bleed it down. Yeah. Miami literally got whatever they wanted. But did you see a difference at all so, from what it's been?
3: Yeah, so I thought there was more like, – because I do like a preliminary kind of like red-green on my notes when I'm watching the game. And there yeah. was much more green defensively. There was a great coverage play by uh, Cam Curl where he's like running with – the where like that's a touchdown two weeks ago. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? There's a reverse where – the, the backside yeah. defensive end stays home and makes a tackle Uh KJ Henry on like a little jet sweep action tackle for loss. Like those types of plays, I think people forget them rightfully. So because there's sure. a lot of bad ones, right? Right. But there were, and Cody Barton did some X, like he did this thing today, which was absolutely beautiful. I, I've not seen anybody play it like this RPO action with the slide to his side. He, he matches the slide, then falls under the seam. It's completed, but it's like a bang bang play. And every other team that I watch play that, it's wide open for like a fifteen yard gain. So there were some really nice things that were done today. You know, guys playing gaps. About like Casey Twohill handled the transportation stuff. They did really, really, really well. Great stuff there. But there are individually good plays, right? right. And there's and no and the, that's this is the kind of the messed up thing about defense is you need to put three of them together back to back. If you put two of them together and one's an explosive. Bad drive, right? Yep. So I think there was a couple sequences like that. Even the one I think to the Tyreek touchdown, the first three plays in that sequences were great. The guys did the right. I stuff. mean,
1: those, those touchdowns are coming on third down, and yeah. and I will say that's the I think disheartening, disappointing thing is it felt like McDaniel knew hey, if we get to third down, they're going to play man, and then we're yeah. just going to call something, and our guys are better than their guys. Yeah, and no, that's kind of what it felt like. There was inevitability still in that way about yeah. it, but I feel like the inevitability came from Miami more than it did, like. It's it's a combo. Obviously yeah. it felt inevitable because this defense is uh not very good. But I, I'm very curious like like uh, even th- this game is the first batch of pancakes yeah, you know what they say about the first batch of pancakes not great check them out yeah. you know, you're trying to figure out your griddle temperature I had made pancakes yeah. <laughs> uh, you try to figure out your griddle temperature you try to get the color right you're trying to get the recipe right. right you just you just throw them out to me for like what this defense can be under Rivera not that it matters in terms of playoffs or whatever but in terms of the evaluations I'm way more interested when you're not facing the best offense in the league and when you're not doing it on one week of, of yeah. coming in and trying to install it
3: yeah and even like the pi that uh, benjamin St. Ju said I said that was terrible i thought call. that was a good technique i thought yeah. that's exactly what you want and could you throw it there yeah and so to see that kind of improvement and that kind of understanding quote unquote from the guys in the back end i thought was a nice step now it's a step and it's a long right. journey to get to where i think the fans this team everybody's expectations are regarding this defense but there were some things that i was like okay this is much better than in dallas this is much yeah. better than Whatever. My hope
1: is that it's playable enough to evaluate Correct. some players yes. over the next four weeks. You saw uh, some snippets today where that seems feasible would um, obviously help when you're not facing Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Right. I
3: think like in the other one, like Percy yeah. Butler has a, they're in like a two minute situation. He's playing that third safety he has a nice PBU, which is something that he's had a hard time with, you know? Yeah. And so to see those types of plays, very important, but again, two explosive plays so the best receiver in football, and then a touchdown on an interception return for pick six. That's 21 points just right off the top. You know what I'm saying? And so it's hard to win a football game if I spot you any kind of points like that. So I think obviously that's stuff that needs to get corrected, and hopefully it will. And like I said, first batch of pancakes, hopefully it gets better from here.
1: Chuck them. Yeah. Eat waffles on your bye week or the next batch of pancakes. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Uh, We're done. Uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, Our schedule stays the same in terms of the podcast. So make sure you tune in Wednesday for the film review. Uh, That'll be up first thing Wednesday morning in your podcast feeds. Uh, I will be on the Hoffman show all week. Uh, Logan will be doing all the stuff that he does. We hopefully will have a a couple of fun guests uh, as well, Um, do some extensive film breakdowns, probably do a Sam Howell film breakdown and kind of where we are um, for next week. So a lot of stuff to look forward to. And then these final four of evaluation uh, and we'll we'll see you all of those places. (laughs) Uh, For Logan, I'm Craig from FedEx Field. Thanks for watching and listening to Take Command.